They try, but they can't get rid of me. I keep on coming with energy. I keep on bringing that energy. Energy, energy, energy. I feel on top of the top. I think outside of the box. I won't fall into that box. Energy, energy, energy. Live up to my name. Go around, take the blame. Never wanted other fame. I stay away from that lane. I can still wake up and ball out. All in my court, I go ball out. Look at my baby go all out. Energy, energy, energy. Ladies and geraniums, yeah. thank you very much for hanging. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the show, my friends. Uh, we're yeah. on. Uh, yeah, we'll see here in a second. We had some technical issues starting up, ladies and gentlemen. So my apologies for the lateness, but we're uh, here better late than never. Uh, let me give it to D here for a second and tell uh, tell people who can and cannot be here. D, go for it. What's going on, everybody? This show is for educational entertainment purposes only. You have to be twenty over to be here. Not you have to leave. Uh, that's the way. Thank you, D, very much. Uh, I always forget which chat I'm in. Okay, now I'm actually logged into the right chat, I think. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Uh, cheers, Atomic. Good to see you. Cheers, Neurosis Psychosis. Cheers, SDR. Good to see you guys. Uh, we're going to be chatting with uh, uh, Kosher Nutrients here while he goes and gets, I guess, a, a, a volcano bag here. We'll, we'll, we all have to get... Uh, get our safety meeting started, ladies and gentlemen, so we'll let them take a puff. Uh, we have some uh, disclaimers and stuff to do anyway, so that works out. Cheers, Christoph. Big force, my friend. Welcome, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen versus boys and girls, though, actually, you guys have to be 21 and over. Uh, where I am, it's 21 and over to, to watch this show. If you live somewhere where the rules are a little bit different, for example, you have to be 23 or 24 or something to watch this show, please abide by your local rules. We don't want anyone to get in trouble for something as simple as talking about pretty flowers and how to grow them. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is quite serious. Now, let me pull up my rules and regulations and stuff so we don't get busted on this show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, most in, uh, first and foremost, you guys have to know, straight from uh, my face, basically, straight from my, uh, uh, I don't know, looking right into your eyes, ladies and gentlemen, there is no way under any circumstances to get drugs from this show. You cannot buy them. You cannot uh, uh, borrow them. You cannot get them for free. You cannot trade for them. You cannot get them willed to you in a strange freak accident after you invite me on a Titanic expedition or something and I end up being eaten by a whale. Can't get the freaking uh, uh, drugs that way. You basically have no way to get drugs of any kind in any way from this show, whether they be hard drugs, soft drugs, uh, soda pop drugs, I don't even fucking know what kind of drugs. Uh, I won't even give you any recommendations to your local freaking tribal dance healer. Uh, you basically cannot get any kind of medical or palliative care from me whatsoever. Uh, no drugs of any kind, whether they be Tylenol or a freaking, uh, I don't even know, basically drugs for your dog. We won't even give you drugs for the dog. Isn't that sad? Now, we're, now your pets are basically affected by this whole thing. Uh, if you guys want to know why we can't do any of this kind of stuff, it's basically thanks to the cannabis Karen, so wave everybody to the Cannabis Karens. I'm sure they're furiously masturbating in the corner now that we're thinking about them. But in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, once they finish uh, masturbating all over themselves furiously, uh, we do not provide any kind of drugs on this show, despite what those Cannabis Karens might try to report to YouTube. Also, though, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you need to know that we do not, under any circumstances, let me share a portion of the screen, there we go, and for some reason I did not, well, I basically just didn't plan this very well. Uh, ladies and germs, we do not engage in any kind of extremely dangerous challenges. If you thought, oh my gosh, I wonder if Fumidoro talks about extremely dangerous challenges. No, I, I hate to break it to you, we do not. Uh, we honestly do not. We also don't, uh, for example, challenges that pose an imminent risk of physical injury, never found on this show. Dangerous or threatening pranks are also not found on this show, pranks that lead victims to 
to fear imminent serious sorry imminent serious pranks that lead victims to fear imminent serious physical danger or that create serious emotional distress in minors are never discussed on this show or shown in any way. Instructions to kill or harm are also not shown. Showing viewers how to perform activities meant to kill or maim others, for example, giving instructions to build a bomb meant to injure, meant to injure or kill others. Hard drug use or its creation is never discussed. The content that depicts or abuse of or giving instructions on how to create hard drugs such as cocaine or opioids. Hard drugs are defined as drugs that can mostly lead to physical addiction. I usually add the proviso that sometimes you will hear stories on this show where people will talk about in their distant pasts uh, interacting with some of those drugs or other drugs in general. Please always assume that those are negative stories and you should never under any circumstances emulate those those uh, stories. It is the position of Fumidoro and basically myself and everybody else on this channel that drugs are bad, okay? And please do not under any circumstances emulate those stories. They are super, super bad. Instructional theft or cheating is also not shown. Showing viewers how to steal tangible goods or promoting dishonest behavior. Hacking is never shown. Demonstrating how to use computers or information technology with the intent to steal credentials, compromise personal data, or cause serious harm to others, such as, but not limited to, hacking into social media accounts. We never discuss any of that shit. I'm, I'm sorry you even asked. Bypassing payment for digital content or services is never shown. Showing viewers how to use apps, websites, or other information technology to gain unauthorized access to audio content, audiovisual content, full video games, software, or streaming services that normally require payment. We would never be so foolish as to discuss those things. I think you would be foolish to even ask. Ladies and germs, we don't discuss any of those things on this show. And once again, I reiterate, we do not under any circumstances offer you drugs of any kind. You will never under any circumstances, not for any amount of money in the world, not for no amount of money, not for anything, not for favors, not for winks, not for uh, promise of favors, nothing. You will never under any circumstances get drugs from this show. It is literally an impossibility. You would be better off trying to get drugs from a fucking stone. So fuck off and don't ask anymore. In the meantime, uh, Kosher Nutrients is like, why does he have to say all this stuff? It's because we have these fucking cannabis Karens that constantly report our shit. Flora knows about it. He's gotten reported uh, uh, recently as well. So there are people that have no life and basically take our things that we do as something that belongs to them. It's really kind of sad. But anyway, uh, cheers, folks, well, in the chat. Yeah. Welcome, everyone. Yeah, it's, it's fucking it's bonkers. Now it offends them. You know, it offends them what we talk about. It does. I think it does. Maybe it does. Maybe it offends. Maybe our awesomeness offends them. Flora, I think that's what it is. It's, the, it's our awesomeness that offends them. <laughs> It's the vibe. It's the it's vibe. Be the vibe. It's the vibe. Uh, kosher nutrients. Uh, let's do. You know, the way I normally do it is we'll do a brief introduction, say hello, and then you know we'll say hello to everybody, and then we'll get into the meat of, meat of it. Welcome, kosher. Cheers. Good to see you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Um, I've heard a lot about your show. This is the first time I've actually been on it. Yeah, so it's a, it's a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate Great. the opportunity. Great to have you. Speaking of which, uh, Flora, thank you very much. We're we're going to jump the the queue just for this one time. Thank you very much for getting kosher on the show. Cheers, Flora. Yeah, good thing. Glad, glad to see Eric come on. So, you know, he's got a lot of good insight and stuff to talk about. So, um, you know, be good. Yeah, you know, he's got a product too that, like, that, you know, like the, this chart came out yesterday and it showed him, like, what, about three cents a gram. That was pretty dope to see. Mm. Not too shabby. Oh, yeah. Nightbot is already messing with people. Uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you think that Nightbot is here for passive aggressive reasons, I got a message the other day. It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be here for fun. So if you guys actually are angry at Nightbot, please just let me know and I can do something to stop Nightbot being an asshole. Uh, Nightbot is like this. This. Go ahead, Flora. Is there like a sensitivity levels on it? Or? There is, and I'm not sure if I've changed it on the Fumidora. I know I changed it on the, the, the main channel, but I'm not sure if I changed it on this one because th I'm seeing like five emojis is triggering people. I don't know. We'll see here in a second. Uh, D, go for it, my friend. Uh, what's the good word? Out in the uh, uh, undisclosed location. Brain. 
in secret location. What's going on, chat? What's going on, panel? Uh, we got wedding cake we're smoking on today. Just trying to round the dog up. Get over there, mutt. Good girl. Um, we're in a secret location uh, at a cottage. So we're just chilling for tonight. Um, hope everybody had a great week. You can find me on Instagram at D underscore zombie underscore. And big shout out to chat. I won't be in chat today. I don't have a laptop in front of me. Sorry, guys, but I'm here. And big shout out to all you chatters that are watching the show that don't chat. Thank you very much for watching. And thank you, like always, Welcome, for putting your shit on. Yeah, man. Bro. Let me interrupt uh, just for a moment before we talk to Smash. I just forgot, and I think I've forgotten for a couple of shows to mention that we do talk about cannabis sativa on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Hemp is legal in this country under the 2018 Farm Bill. Basically, there was a hemp provision that has made seeds and flour and a bunch of other things legal. It's been clarified by a number of different uh, uh, situations, including uh, uh, by the DEA. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not assume under any circumstances that the weed that we are talking about is in, somehow, is in some way illegal. We are perfectly allowed to talk about these things. We are perfectly within our rights to smoke them and toke them and basically uh, even share them in many cases and certainly to talk about them. So please do remember that. Smash, what's the good word, bud? Yo, what's up, everyone? Uh, really beautiful day out. What is it, 82 out right now? Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit. Um, yeah, we're just chilling. Love to smoke a blunt of some Apex. Other than that, we hanging out. Can't wait to hear about some uh, nutrient. I mean, I'm not, I'm a big organic guy, I, but I told a few the other day, I was like, I, I, I do like learning about like, the new technologies and stuff, like seeing if they ever do come out with like groundbreaking, you know? That's what I say about uh, uh, organics and stuff before we kind of, you know, kosher. I, I don't know if Flora Toral, I think probably Flora has told you that we're super into organics and stuff on this show mostly. I, I exclusively grow organically and so on. But I'm not like, uh, I, I don't know if I say this enough. I, I think I don't say it enough. I'm not in, emotionally invested in it, really. I mean, I don't know. Probably I am because of time a little bit. But, you know, I've been doing it for so long. But it's not like someone offends me by growing a different way or something. And I've said this before uh, uh, for years. Like, I have a, a Canon camera, basically, that well, couple Canon cameras, but I've been using Canon for years because way back when, honestly, when I was a kid, I had Canon cameras and I just, ever since, I just kind of, they, they never did me bad. So I just honestly kept buying Canons. And when I got to be an adult and I just bought a camera, I was like, oh shit, I got a couple Canon lenses already. I guess I have to buy a Canon because it wouldn't have made sense to buy a Nikon, but it's not like I hate Nikon. You know what I mean? It's not like I hate Sony right. or hate fucking Fuji or anything else. Like I would be perfectly happy with any of those. And I think it's important to realize a lot of people are not like this, which is kind of sad, but it's like, why be emotionally invested in a tool? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this one hammer, it's my favorite hammer. I can never build a house with another hammer. Fuck off. That's stupid. Like no, no carpenter right. has ever said something like that. But for some reason with growing styles, people are very emotionally invested in how they do things and they get offended. Like, oh my God, he grows with salts. He's bad. Like that's, that's yeah. dumb, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, it, it's in our nature. It's human nature. Um, we are creatures of habit and we do what's comfortable to us. You know, we rarely extend ourselves outside of our comfort zone unless, you know, pushed outside of the comfort zone. Um, you know, so that being said, like we naturally want to do what's comfortable to us and what's familiar to us. And that extends all across human behavior, not just, you know, what nutrients we're choosing, you know, people's, you know, we're creatures of habit and they want to do what's comfortable to them. And I feel like a lot of people, they do have a preference at, you know, organic versus salt based and not necessarily. And I think a lot of it is not because they truly believe that it's better. 
it could be as simple as they, they are simply more comfortable with it. Um, it is their safe zone. It is how they've had good results in the past. Um, and they tend to, you know, favor, favor an organic growth simply because they're familiar with it. Um, but there are that rare breed of, of growers that will try to make you feel like you're doing something wrong if you're not doing the same thing as them, you know, and I don't necessarily agree with that mindset. Um, you know, if somebody prefers organic gardening, more power to them, but let's not try to degrade the other types of gardening, you know, um, to each their own. Uh, my, my stance on that is, um, again, like I just said, I mean, we're creatures of habit. I have pretty much always used uh, salt-based nutrients. I've done quite a few soil grows, um, and I've been involved in many, many of them. I've helped consult on, um, you know, various different outdoor greenhouses and whatnot where they were all running soil. And again, um, I've seen many situations where we'll use soil in conjunction with uh, salt-based nutrients. I've seen certain situations that's all organic. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's to each their own and whatever the grower is comfortable with. You know, a couple of key things that I really like to point out when I'm having this discussion is that the plant can't tell the difference. Um, even with organics, the plant is not actually taking up the nutrients. It's taking up ions, salt ions. And when, as this organic material breaks down, it is forming ions that the plant is then taking up. So the ions that are formed during the breakdown of organic material are virtually identical to the ions that are derived from a salt base or a synthetic source. Um, at the end of the day, ni nitrogen is nitrogen. Um, the plant can't tell the difference between this nitrate ion that came from this source versus this nitrate ion that came from that source. So as organic material breaks down, it is eventually, it, it's, it's forming ions, uh, salt ions that are then taken up by the plant. And, you know, with that being said, there, uh, there are ways to control exactly how much material is breaking down or being readily available to the plant. And if you can dial that science in, whether you're doing it organically or you're doing it from a salt-based source, the end result is going to be the same because the plant literally can't tell the difference between these ions and those ions. So it's a, it's a different beast. It's a different, you know, it's a whole different system altogether. Like your, your learning curve is different. You know, how much nutrient becomes available, how quickly it becomes available, how often you have to replace the nutrients in the soil. All of that is, is different um, from a salt-based system to an organic system. But that's not, in no way, shape, or form do I believe that one is better than the other. I feel like these are two different routes to to get to the same end result. Um, I don't necessarily believe that a salt base is better than a organic. I don't believe that organic is better than a salt base. They're two different delivery methods, and people have their preference. You know, uh, I believe that great, great, amazing results can be achieved from from both lineups. Can you talk about that a little bit, like? So for the nutrients, for like kosher nutrients, your carrier is mostly the water. So when you're watering in, it's the plants uptaking its water and getting its nutrients. But with our organic systems, what I'm understanding as the plant breaks or as the soil breaks down its materials, um, the plant can uptake it as needed. Right. Right. Um. Well, as, it, as it's becoming broken down in your medium or your soil and the plant is then taking up, 
taking up as needed. Um, the, virtually the same thing is happening if I were to give it a salt-based lineup. I mean, we're except we're delivering those readily available ions directly to the root zone. Now there are some pros and cons. You can't overdo it. You know, like in an organic in organic gardening, as you just stated, the plant takes up what's needed versus in a salt-based lineup because all of the ions because all of the nutrients are essentially readily available it's easy to overdo it you know you can put too much in there and because they are all readily available the plant will take it all up and thus you know you have burning or you know over fertilization um, so it's easy to overdo it but when managed correctly delivering the right amount of ions or nutrients rather to the root zone um, it's going to give you the same effect as the, as the plant breaking down organic material and creating those ions for itself in the root zone. But at the end of the day, what gets taken up, what gets taken up by the plant are ions. It's not, you know, quote unquote nitrogen. It's a NaO3. It's a, it's a nitrate that the plant is taking up. So when your organic material breaks down, it forms a nitrate in the root zone, which is then taken up by the plant. So whether it's, you know, whether you're creating those nitrates right there in the root zone or you're delivering it into the water, into the water that's thus getting into the root zone and taken up by the plant. At the end of the day, the plants are taking up the same material. So we're just discussing different ways to get the right proper amount of nutrients into the root zone. So, I mean, in my opinion, I feel like it's a, uh, it's a different delivery system. You know, you can deliver the right nutrients to the plant through organics or through salt base. Um, in my opinion, I've always preferred the salt lineup, the synthetic, simply because we can control exactly how much we're delivering to the root zone. And again, everything is already readily available to be taken up by the plant. Um, you know, and I don't have anything against organic gardening. I feel like to each their own. And I've seen some really, really impressive things come out of organic gardening. Um, but at the end of the day, we cannot control the rate at which organic material breaks down. It's something that we can't control. I mean, it, it depends on the heat, the atmosphere, the environment. You know, I mean, there's so many things that contribute to how quickly organic material is broken down. And, you know, the organic guys like yourself that have been doing this for a long time, they've mastered that. You know, I mean, as, as long as you master that, um, you're going to have great results. You know, but to other guys that have, you know, have not necessarily had a whole lot of experience with organic gardening, it's going to be a whole lot harder to master it on the first, you know, the first few runs. Um, so in those situations, I feel like, a salt-based lineup may be an easier route simply because we can control exactly how much we're delivering to the root zone and again, it's already available. Very, very controllable situations with the organic stuff. I mean, the uh, salt-based salt. nutrients, sorry. Um, oh, shit, I had something in my head I wanted to. <laughs> it happens, bro. Uh, if you have a 60,000 um, square foot you know, uh, facility or, or larger, and you need consistent results every time. How are you going to get those plants consistent? All, every one of them. How are you going to be able to look all the same in organics? Like a lot of times there's variance because just because, uh, you know, even in a four by four bed, you might have a corner that has more something in it. You know, oh, yeah. it looks different in the corner versus the plant in the other corner. Oh, my favorite so, is when somebody, I'm sorry, go ahead. I remember what I was doing. I mean, Probably me, Fumi. I think the reason why we kind of went towards the organic way, it, it's just easy. We don't have pH pens. We don't have, we don't right. do PPM really. We do none of right. that. We just kind of feed the soil a little bit. Fumi, do you agree? I don't. Uh, uh, 
growing is not complex to me. The synthetic growing and stuff is not complex to me. The, the, the pH pens and stuff is not complex either, to be honest. Uh, what I wanted is the absolute peak of quality. And I don't mean to be a fucking douche about it, but I, I'm a little bit of a snob when I do stuff. I always do it the best I possibly fucking can. And I never try to do something kind of half-assed. It's kind of annoying because I'm always like full fucking bore. And so, for example, with growing, I was full bore with it, basically. And so for me, like anything that compromises the quality of the weed is out, basically. Literally any fucking thing. And I don't care if it's something that's costly or time consuming or whatever. And from the very beginning, I've always known that basically the best food has always been organic food. It's been always not even just organic, but basically like you know, I hate to say it, but lovingly tended with fucking shit, basically with animal poop and all that kind of stuff, right? It just seems to have a real serious benefit to to, to food, basically. So with that in my head, with tomatoes, we were talking about tomatoes yesterday. I, I passionately love tomatoes. I've never had a good tomato that was uh, grown synthetically, literally never once. And I've had friends that were like, oh, you're going to try my hydroponic tomato. It's going to blow your socks off. And it was okay. It was an all right tomato, but it was not it was nearly as good. Tomato. It was just fine. It was, it was like, it was a tomato. I could recognize that it was right. a tomato, but it was not what I wanted from a tomato and weed basically is exceptionally uh uh uh, uh, how do i say it i i always say that the flavor basically is a huge component of the effect because honestly the terpenes terpenoids esters all that shit the stuff that we taste and and sense actually modulates the high because of course jack hair uh hindu kush uh bubba kush fucking uh, uh, uh i don't even know cookies name 10 different strains tangy they all have thc in them but they all give you a completely different high and that high is very very uh, contingent on that flavor so the maximization of the flavor for me was also a maximization of the high and every, the whole package basically so where am i going to I, completely, with that? Go ahead. I completely agree with that that statement um you know and i feel kind of silly for saying this because i'm pushing salt a salt-based lineup but and in all honesty, I, I, I kind of feel like maybe nature can do it better. Okay, um, if doing it, you know, if if growing organically through you know a lot of use of biologicals and microbes and a real living soil, um, you know, you can't lie. All of the organic growers, they swear that their product is better than salt based. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not. You know, I mean, I'm not going to by any means tell somebody that our product is better than other people. But this is a conversation I just had last week with uh, a new facility in Desert Hot Springs. A couple of guys moved here from um, Amsterdam and they're, uh, I'm sorry, the the Netherlands. They're Dutch guys and they're really big on Dutch Pro and soil grows. And, you know, my logic to them was if you believe that your organic grow can get you a, let's, let's say a perfect, you know, a perfect score is hundred percent quality. You know, they're shooting for that hundred percent. Just like you just said, you want the best quality available period. And <clears throat> there's no ifs, ands, and buts. So if these guys are convinced that their soil and their Dutch pro nutrients can give them hundred percent every single time, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're wrong. But what I do believe is that by running a synthetic lineup, if I can guarantee you a strong 98%, but cut your workload in half, to uh, make your consistent, you know, increase your consistency, cut down on the workload and overall ease of operation. You know, um, if we can make the whole place run more efficiently, more consistent, cheaper with less manpower uh, and, a, and a less expensive nutrient bill. If we can do all of that and hit a strong 98 percent every single time, is it worth it? Honestly, you that's know? a very good point, frankly, that people don't appreciate nearly enough. Uh 
I have. Well, I mean, and, and I was just what, every every time I pull out my audio equipment, I look at these two hard drives that I have an entire fucking conference that I filmed stored on. The entire conference lives on that fucking those hard drives. Anyway, this guy Kevin Jodry basically said something to that effect. He said, "The perfect is the enemy of the good." At, at one of his lectures, "The perfect is the enemy of the good," whereby I think he said, "I can give you." Uh, I, I can't remember how he fucking said it, but basically he said like, I could give you an acre of a hundreds or I could give you 10 acres of nineties because it, it's, it's a lot easier to do almost as good, but less. And it's, it's kind of a weird thing to conceptualize, right? Cause a lot of, a lot of, you know, Eagle, Eagle was probably, I don't know if he's tuning in right now, but he was watching the show yesterday. I think you've met Eagle Gardens or anyway, you probably heard of his yeah. name. Anyway, uh, 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 he talks about when he's a carpenter, he just, he won't even show up if the price is too low. Like he's a perfectionist, basically. He's one of those perfectionist right. kind of guys. And those guys are wonderful, right? Because if you want something done right, you want a guy like that, right? But at the same time, right. if you wanted a development finished, Unfortunately, Eagle is not your guy. He's not, he's not interested in being your guy, right? But you do need someone else who can do 90s all the way down the freaking block. It's an interesting right. thought. Go ahead. Sorry. That's, um, yeah, I mean, it was one of the, you know, I guess this is where we really have to dig into what are our goals? Like, what is the goal? You know, I mean, when I approach a new facility or a new client, first question I'm going to ask them is, what is your goal? You know, if you want highest yields and the best consistency across the board with ease of use, um, then I would say a salt-based salt system may be best for them. But if this is a hobby grower that wants the absolute best results they can possibly get across the board, and they're not too concerned if, if this crop is a little bit lower than last crop or a little bit, you know, if, the commercial guys, they want consistency across the board. They want to be able to know six months in advance, if I run this strain, this many lights, this is going to be my nutrient cost, and this is my expected yield. You know, if you can... Plan if you, if you can plan this out six months in advance. Return on investment, yeah, ROI. Right, everybody right. has ROI. It's a thing. It's like in the, in the commercial world, it's about biomass per square foot. Right. Exactly. I feel like um, you know, you really have to decide early on, like, what are your goals? Like, if you want to produce the absolute best quality and you don't care if you have to hire three more guys a week or your overhead's a little bit higher, we want to throw in a couple more additives um, and increase our cost of production to get that 100%. It, to some people, it may be worth it, but I would say to the mass amount of commercial growers, they're okay with a strong 95% as long as we can keep it consistent and keep the overhead low. You know, so it, it really depends on what your goals are. But I, I feel like great things can be achieved through both delivery methods. You know, whether there's a whole other it. side of this, too. Like another side of this is like um, with kosher, like he doesn't fuck around with like with the NPK. Like there's a lot of companies they will take the NPK and they'll break it down into like so many bottles. You just, you know, simple, like two parts, ba a base and a flower or a base and a grow. I mean, that's a huge marketing point. You know, I feel like 10 years ago when there was only a handful of nutrient companies out there, you only had four or five people to go to. You know, it was like Canna, House Garden, Advanced Nutrients, fucking, you know, um, the Veg Bloom. Got, you know, it was only a handful of them. Now it seems like another nutrient company is popping up, you know, every week. You know, I mean, there's all these little small micro companies popping up. So I feel like 10 years ago when there was only a handful of them, they could take one product and they could chop it up and make it three different products. And now they, you know, we've increased, um, 
you know, it's a marketing, it's a marketing, not, I'm not going to call it a scam, but it's a marketing strategy. If I can sell you three products instead of one, yeah, if they all contain the same basic ingredients, you know, then um, if I'm a nutrient company, I want to sell you as many products as I can. And a prime example is flushing agents. You know, like most flushing agents, they contain, um, it's like 10% magnesium sulfate, you know, um, magnesium sulfate does absolutely nothing for flushing the plant. Okay. <laughs> what it does, the magnesium actually increases chlorophyll production, which in my opinion, this is not something we would want to do on the flush. You know, if we're going to increase chlorophyll production, like why not do it weeks one through six, not on week seven. So I feel like what's more logical is that the nutrient companies have discovered that a minute amount of magnesium sulfate will not hurt the plant at all, but they have essentially created a product for you to buy on the one week that you don't buy any products. Yeah. And then there's the sweeteners and shit too. Right. I mean, I feel like a lot of this is marketing. We can take the same ingredients and we can chop it up into 10 different products or we can simplify it and put it all into, you know, one or two or three. Um, and that was kind of our whole, you know, our whole goal here was to create a simple, balanced, effective nutrient line that would get you great results without all these other additional products. You know, we put a lot of time and energy into balancing our diet to where you don't need boosters. I mean, if, if I needed a boost to me, that means it's because I don't have enough of something, but yeah, if I have enough of everything. Why would I need a boost? And what's going to happen when I give it a boost, if it already has enough of everything. So I feel like by cutting out the flushing agents and cutting out the bloom boosters, but accounting for all of those NPKs and all of those micronutrients, accounting for all of that stuff in your base lineup. Now, if we give it enough phosphorus in the base lineup, we don't need a bloom booster that contains added phosphorus. You know, so, uh, you know, we, we put a lot of time and energy on balancing this recipe to not need a bunch of additional products. But that being said, if we can take our whole recipe and balance it and equal, out, and equal it out to where we need equal parts of two parts. You know, we need a, an A and a B. They both use equal parts. Another thing we wanted to get away from was these feeding charts that required 6.4 grams of A and 3.9 grams of B. Like, why? You know, I mean, if we can simplify all of that and create a balanced recipe that's going to require equal parts, now we can, we can, we simplified our feeding. We've taken a lot of the workload out of it. And by feeding it this diet, if we can achieve a strong 98% time after time after time across the board on every strain, I feel like that may be essentially more effective than adding in all of these little parts and pieces and boosters and increasing our production costs just to get that extra 2%, just to get 100%. So um, is our diet, is our, is our formula perfect? No, nothing's perfect. You know, I feel like there is always room for, for you know, for growth. There's always room for improvement. Um, we just wanted to create a recipe that was going to get you great results consistently with less overhead and, um, and not need all of these additional products, not need all of these additional parts, you know? Is kosher the, a powder? Yeah, it is. It sure is. It's, a, uh, it's granulated. I would compare it to uh, sugar or salt, you know, it's that consistency. 
Um, that's the what, that, what makes it kosher. Does does your rabbi have to fight another rabbi, or how does it work? <laughs> no, they don't fight. You know? I have seen them fight, but they don't fight over that. Um, okay, so here's the deal. We we actually we meet all of the criteria to be certified kosher, but we actually have not brought in a rabbi to certify to to bless it and certify it. Um, so we don't we don't use the kosher logo. So are you unkosher? <laughs> What's that? Are you unkosher? <laughs> because you yeah. kidding. Well, uh, technically, I mean, you know, our definition of kosher is genuine and legitimate. Nice. Um, there's no, uh, there's no cheese that touches the meat, so it's nice. kosher. No, nice. yeah, we're not, ta- we're not talking about <laughs> You know, like the whole kosher thing. To be all, in, all, in all honesty, it's kind of like a club. It's an expensive fucking club to be in. Huh. Um, there's a high cost to have them come out and bless it, and then there's a monthly overhead fees and whatnot wow. that. Uh, you know, so I'm going to say this: we meet all of the criteria, but we haven't got to the rabbi stage yet. Um, you know, we're just kind of getting the, the wheels moving. Um, but whenever the time comes for us to take that step, I mean, like I said, all of our stuff is we we meet the criteria to be certified kosher. We just uh, we haven't taken that step yet, which is why we don't use the kosher certified logo and we don't claim to be a kosher product. Um, we like the name kosher nutrients because it. it it stands for being legitimate and clean, um, but we we're not we have not actually had our certification yet, which is something that we're working on. Right on. Yeah. Uh, we got a great question, by the way, and I, obviously I'm kidding. Uh, we got a great question from uh, Steel Beams, who I think also had a good comment. Steel Beams says. I guess this is the comment Steelbeam says, I feel the best synthetic growers are adding some form of biological additives these days. And so his question before sure. that was, I've heard some secondary metabolites that enhance flavor and terpenes aren't necessarily created with a simple NPK regimen. Is there any truth to that? Um, again, you know, this goes back to the, the 98% versus the 100%. I'm not saying that we can't, modify the recipe, add things to it that are going to give it a slight edge in flavor or aroma or terpenes. Um, in our experience, it seems like by adding certain things or, okay, let's talk about essential elements. Like none of those things are essential for plant growth. Okay. So our whole goal was to provide all the essential elements for plant growth. Now, can we add this or that? that's going to give it a different um, flavor or an aroma? Absolutely. Of course we can. My question to you is, are we improving something or are we changing something? Because I feel like that's a big misconception too. You know, people say, well, I added this and it, it changed my, you know, it changed the flavor or it changed the smell or it changed the color. Did we improve it or did we just change it? Um, that's something I feel like is debatable uh, with a lot of people. I mean, if there was some product out there where once you add this to your recipe and all of a sudden your weight doubles, I would say it's a necessity. But there is no product out there that will automatically double your weight hands down. Um, I feel like by adding small amounts of this or that, um, are there noticeable changes? Yes. Are there noticeable changes in the root mass? Yes. Are there noticeable changes in... um, thickness of the leaves, rate of growth, things like that. But at the end of the day, did your weight double? Or did we just, did we, did we change the color of the bud from a lime green to a purple? Like, was that the goal? You know, a lot, a lot of me believes that if we want purple weed, get a purple strain. 
You know, we, we don't want to choose a non-purple strain and then add all of this stuff to it to make it change purple. And when it doesn't turn purple, does that mean that product didn't work? Um, so I feel like there's a big misconception between adding products making it better or adding products that, that make it different. So when we add a certain product that may metabolize differently or, well, I'm sorry, can, I don't remember what the question was because I can't read it. asking about the secondary metabolites, and uh, it's an interesting point that you bring up. You basically talk about the, 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 all the necessary nutrients for the plant to uh, survive. How did you exactly say it? All the necessary nutrients for the uh, success 16 of the essential, 16 essential elements there for plant go. growth. There are 16 and essential elements. I guess that becomes kind of an interesting debate then. You know, I, I've been meaning to do, and you know, you'd actually be a really great uh, uh, contestant, I guess we could say, on this debate. I'd like to do an organics versus synthetics debate one of these days where we basically talk about, you know, literally what do we think is better in a friendly way what do we think is better yeah absolutely is, you know, you know, i love that i love and i love to communicate it with with other people who who love the communication yeah. aspect i don't want to argue with anybody you know i don't want no to argue anything. yeah like and like i said <laughs> most of the the things that we grow with i was saying this yesterday when you think about the commonalities of our growth style we all grow with light that's something that we don't disagree on you know like you you can't not right. grow with light right and then a lot of us grow in pots we grow in sometimes indoors that like most of the stuff that we do we agree with and then at the very end of the chain oh we use some different nutrient processes that's not really that important in the grand scheme of things where was I going to, though? Uh, that a common complaint from organic growers, from myself, from others, and I think there's validity to this, I think it's kind of hard to argue with, honestly, is that you really don't get any of the secondary processes with those synthetic nutrients. I mean, as far as I know, those will create a plan. I mean, we can see it in the entire agriculture industry. You pour some uh, uh, industrial fertilizers on uh, a cornfield or an asparagus field or any fucking field, and you will get plants, absolutely. But you won't get plants in many cases, at least this is what organic uh, growers or food snobs or whoever the fuck you want to say will argue. Uh, you won't get those extra flavors, those really rich flavors, the really oily corn or the really, really flavorful asparagus or the really flavorful weed because you're basically missing out on a lot of the secondary metabolites that apparently only develop when the plant basically is in relationship with the soil food web. Uh, 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 Tana, <laughs> Freaking Florence got a shul over there. Go ahead. I believe that um, these extra terpenes, this extra flavor, this extra 1% that we're referring to can be achieved through a salt-based lineup, providing that, um, you know, the photosynthesis is on point. The diet has to be perfectly balanced. Um, is it possible to achieve that same level of quality? through a salt-based lineup? I believe it is. Um, I've seen great things come out of both lineup, but I've never seen a situation where one plant was twice the size of another one or yielded twice as much, and they said, oh, it's because it's organic or versus, you know what I mean? It's some of the best buds I've ever seen have come out of commercial salt-based um, lineups. And, you know, the guys that are, are growing that top tier quality, maybe they have figured out that perfect ratio of this and that. Um, I've, 
you know, I don't want to sit here and tell anybody that they're wrong or that it can or can't be done. I just feel like whenever the 16 essential elements are balanced just right, then that extra 2% of quality is possible. Mm. That's what I believe. But with the majority of salt-based lineups, it's hard to get it just right because your margin for error is so high. You know, if you've got nine different products and we have to get this recipe just right, you know, that means a tiny Some bit of too these much. Products are 30 fucking bottles. I mean, uh, what uh, house and garden has like 30 bottles and I've heard people regularly right. using like 20. I've had a few friends that regularly use like 20 bottles and it blows my goddamn mind. Uh, yeah. To do that every day and, and have to measure out the exact right amount on every measure. Just every time. I was just thinking in my head, um, I know six different individuals that won first place in the high times cups. And only one of those people was organic. Hmm. And that was never disclosed when they entered their product. They so, didn't disclose you know, that? It's just based on what people smoked and what they thought, hmm. what they judged. They didn't, he never, none of them said, I grew this organically or I grew this with synthetics. They just submitted it, you know? And then right. five out of six of the people that I personally know that won first place cups um, were all synthetic. You know, again, this goes back down to at the end of the day, the plant needs, you know, it needs to take up certain, you know, certain elements. And those elements can be derived from either salt base or an organic base. Um, once the organics break down, they're forming the same damn ions that we're delivering through a salt based lineup. You know, with the exception of the, you know, the root inoculants and the organ. Yeah, that, that's true. There was a comment in here, though. I was at neurosis and psychosis. He says he'd argue that the plants know the difference between organic and synthetic due to less microbes. I don't think that's quite the right way to look at it. You're feeding the soil food web in organics, right? And then mm -hmm. the, the, the plant can kind of uptake what it wants as it needs it. Is where with the salts, it's like it's osmotic pressure. So it gets forced into the cells like an IV sac. You don't right. get to choose, right? So if that plant doesn't need magnesium, doesn't need potassium, doesn't, you know, doesn't need nitrogen, doesn't need some element, right? Like it's going to get it regardless. As where the right. organics, it's not going to uptake that. It doesn't need it. Now, does a plant make? Does a plant have intelligence? I'm not sure. That's a that's a whole uh, that's a whole another topic on its own, right there, right? Subcool used to say, yeah, the plant feels like it's more like I put it in my super soil, and the plant feels like it's you know this plant's intelligent. He would tell us these things, but uh, he didn't have science behind a lot of those things. He does what he felt, right? Mm. Um, but yeah. It, I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I definitely know that like when I build organics, when I have like the nice mycelium web and I got rich soil, like um, there is, there's very good flavor. My plants are always very healthy, very thriving, but I can do the same thing with salt. So again, it's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's opinion. It's opinion again. You know, Yeah, it's, I feel like, you know, we're literally talking about two different delivery methods. Yeah. You know, um, the plant's going to uptake, certain, you know, certain, chem certain um, nutrients and how we deliver it to the plant is, is what's in question. Um, and I'm also going to point out the fact that a lot, a lot, there's this belief that you can't combine the two, that you can't use root inoculants and microbes when you're running a salt-based system, which is not true. Uh, I've them side by side for years, lots of years. They used to tell me years ago, I remember like, like 2010 people, I go in the hydro store and it's like, Oh, you, you can't put uh, salts on your microbes. It'll kill your microbes. Fucking nonsense. That's yeah, that's total BS. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're super high dosing, like, 
2,000 ppms, you might be killing things off. But well, yeah, um, you I'm, can. I'm feeding, I'm feeding 850 to 1,000 ppm max. Like I, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that push stuff to fit three EC. I think that's. Unnecessary. I think the highest I've ever heard of is 2,500 ppm sealed room with CO2. <laughs> I've run it at 2,500, 3,000 before. Uh, I used to just push them. I would push them as hard as I could. You know, we would literally push them until the leaves burn, and then we'd back off a little bit. You know, and that's, you know, our logic behind this is we were trying to give the plant as much as it can possibly handle without burning. But I feel like by doing that, you open up all these other doors, you know, potential problems. And now you're talking like about. Yeah, we're, we're looking at now we have to incorporate a flush one to two times a week. Now we have to monitor runoff and salt buildup. And, you that's know, awesome. whereas, that's the main, which we had yeah. down the way. But that's it's granular, too. This is I really like this stuff. Um, derived fishbone meal. I know the earthworm castings are pretty much dead, so let's not even acknowledge those. Alfalfa meal, feather meal, crab and lobster meal. Potassium sulfate, kelp meal, and magnesium sulfate. It's pretty bad. It's a nice combo, yeah. Like a lot of the uh, a lot of the material that's in there is going to break down and form nitrogen nitrates. Um, and again, it's a, it's a say again. Oh, uh, excuse me. I saw his scissors. I was wondering if they're chikamaskas. They are uh, probably. <laughs> so I, I believe you know in a, in a in a mixture like that um we've simply we have exchanged our nitrogen nitrates for organic materials that are going to break down and form the same nitrates so you know again it's it's a delivery method um to eat to each their own i feel like you know again i, I won't i'll never stop saying this i don't believe that one is better than the other i believe that we're shooting to give the plant a certain a, a certain um makeup a certain chemical makeup of nutrients um a very specific makeup so and, and whether we can if we can achieve that with salt based or organics i mean that's the goal though I and mean, the goal is to to give the plant what it needs and there's just you know there's multiple ways to deliver these same nutrients to the plant so like i've really been thinking about switching over my mother's to like a synthetic system you know try it, try it out man you know um and just you know no harm no foul if you don't like it there's nothing wrong with going back to organics but i feel like you might you might like the the ease of use you might like the simplicity of it it's not nearly as complicated as a lot of people make it out to be you don't need 20 bottles um in fact our whole lineup if you watch some of my videos on youtube some of my earlier videos we focused a lot on trying to get away from ppm meters and away from you know ph charts and um you know i constantly tell people to stop chasing a certain ppm or an ec like that chart was not made for you you know whoever wrote that chart they don't know your particular environment you know yeah. your specific needs for your plant you know, so you can't exactly follow a chart and say, without oh, an actual soil tester, you wouldn't know which element to to chase, would you? Yeah. Oh, I got to do no. some more molybdenum today, bro. How would you fucking Right. Know? Like you have no idea. You know what I mean? All they know is, well, well, the back of the bottle says run it at three EC, but you know, their, their room may be different. The room is not as hot and it's less humid. So the plants are not photosynthesizing as much. Therefore they require less nutrients now. And you're trying to sock it to them at three EC because that's what you read on the back of, you know, some bottle. There's some, 
somebody else in a completely different environment ran 3EC and did great. So now you feel like you have to run 3EC, but you're burning your plants up because they're not photosynthesizing at the same rate that his plants are. So it's just, we, we wanted to emphasize, get away from the, the meters and the charts and the graphs and, you know, get to know your plants, you know, look at your plants. Like your plants have a built-in meter, you know, like the idea is to stay dark green. You know, if we get too dark, it's, there's a problem. If we get too light, there's a problem. But I mean, the, get to know your plants and stop looking at charts and graphs so much. So I feel like we, we tried to design a system that didn't need all of these, these charts and meters. And by doing that, we, we've simplified the formula. And, you know, I, I, anybody that's having thoughts of trying it or just want to see what, you know, what it's like to run salts, try it out. And if you don't like it, go back. Uh, but you never know until you try it. Um, I got a question for you. Um, what's your feelings? I, I know we've talked a little bit about it, but not, of course, on this show and a lot of new audience. But um, why, why do you not have and what are your feelings on hypochlorous acid? It seems to be a common thing being used in like Athena and some of these other big names right now. My thoughts on hypochloric acid is, um, again, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that it doesn't work. We are all about achieving great results without all of the additional products. Um, now, hypochloric acid is, is used as a cleaner, right? People are using it to clean their system, you know, um, before a next run. So let's, let's, let's look at this. Salt water, which is basically what we're dealing with. You know, a lot of people think of salt as table salt, but salt is... Yeah, uh, but they're using it to clean biofilm, essentially, because you get biofilm buildup inside your, your your piping your your uh irrigation lines right and, uh, and also on the emitters where where it comes out right it can get build up like uh, biofilm buildup and uh basically when you run that at a you know a couple times a week and you won't have any buildup yeah um again you know I mean, i'm not saying it doesn't work i feel like if people will you know feel the need to use it then then use it but um, I feel like you can achieve the same result without the added product. Salt water is a universal disinfectant. You know, let's start there. Um, salt water is used as a disinfectant for hundreds of years all over the globe, you know. Um, and it may be a different type of salt. It may be a, a sodium chloride. But again, a salt is two different ions stuck together. So by using a salt water, we're already growing plants in a universal disinfectant. So... If we can run a clean res, uh, but now again, adding all of the inoculants and the, the humic and the fulvic acids and, you know, the organic material, yes, we can get a biofilm. Um, you know, and my, my solution to that is, is I would prefer to change my lines out before adding hypochloric acid simply because I've read some things about hypochloric acid that I'm not um, keen on. And I feel like the hypochloric acid does nothing for the plant itself. It is used as a cleaner to clean the system. So being that the plant itself doesn't use the acid, um, I wouldn't want to introduce it into my into my feeding system at all. Oh, I would wow. try to achieve the same results um, without using the hypochloric acid. You know, I don't do a lot of the homoconfulvic acids and the microbes and the inoculants, so I don't have to deal with the, the biofilm. You know, and if you omit all of that stuff and you run a clean system, you're again we're feeding our fan our, our plants with a, a disinfectant. When you look at that, when you look at it like that, 
you know, salt yeah, water is just. I personally, so, um, I've worked at some facilities where I didn't have any choice, and obviously I used it. But when I have a choice, and then also my own stuff, I use a product called SLF one hundred. Okay, and it works. It's a microbial enzyme from this guy named Newton Hayes out of Oregon, and it it's fantastic. It's a little expensive, but my roots are always pure white. So the drip emitters never get gum on them. Never, everything stays perfect, pristine. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, again, I'm not saying that the hypochloric acid doesn't work. I'm not saying, you know, if it if it works for you, then it works for you. We try to avoid using any product that the plant well, itself. Okay, so if you don't want to use that. What about an enzyme? Do you not like enzymes? Yeah, well, it's not that I don't like the enzymes. Um, you know, I'm I'm all about I simplicity. Like simplicity. I was just gonna say, yeah, you like simplicity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about the simplicity and I, and I've had such good results with no additive, with no added products that I'm, I'm a real strong advocate for everything you need, nothing you don't, you know I mean? I, we only use products that the plant itself actually uses and do the enzymes work? Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite one was the, the uh, canazyme um, made by can. I'm pretty sure that's still on the market, even though they probably changed the recipe two or three times in the past decade. That was one of my favorite enzymes. Um, but again, like I've spent 10 years learning how to get these same results without all of these other products. So do they work? Sure. You know, I'm just trying to get to the same result without the added expense, without the added products. Um, I've never been in a situation where I feel like I need this. I need the hypochlorous acid. I need the enzyme. Um, could we add it? Sure. Would it? benefit probably but, but can we get your, the same result none of, your, none, of your, none of your large scale customers have um had problems with like the netafim or any other emitters no in fact uh, the one customer that i did have problems with um was because he was using chlor uh the hyperfluoric acid he kept using the cleanse and i think what they were doing is they were using it to clean their system but they weren't getting it all out and I think the hypochloric acid residuals or residue that's still in the tank and in the lines mixed with the, the salinity from the water softener that they were using in conjunction with the kosher nutrients, it, the reservoir just kept turning brown, you know, like the plants were fine. Everything seemed to be happy, but I feel like it was one, it was too much of something, you know, the, the water softener is adding essentially a type of salt to the water. And then you have the residual from hypochloric acid mixed in with the kosher all mixed together. We were getting some kind of fallout, you know, it was too much of something and it would change the reservoir to like a light brown and then be residue at the bottom. All of that being said, plants did great. You know, the plants were happy, but every time they used the hypochloric acid to clean the system, the next reservoir would turn brown. So my solution to them was cut everything out that ain't part of our lineup. You know what I mean? Like, let's start with just our lineup and not add anything else. And let's see what happens. Everything ran great. Um, so that being said, I mean, since then, they have not gone back to the hypochloric acid because there was no reason to. There, you know, there was no need for it. Um, my advice to them was once every six months, change out all your quarter rinse lines, which is an expense of probably 250 bucks for a 200 light facility, you know, to do that. Once every six months, um, you eliminate any possible, um, you know, buildup or clogging issue in your in your lines. Um, so, by adding the hypochloric acid 
in a system like that. Could we eliminate having to change the lines once every six months? Yeah, you could probably. But now, you know, what other margin for error have we added to the equation by using the hypochloric acid? You know, now there's residual in the tanks and the lines that could be mixing with our, our water softener. And, it, you know, it's, it's one more added product in the line that the plant's not using. So I, I feel like by oh, taking oh, all I start questioning a water softener myself, but um, yeah, these guys just had a they were dealt a bad hand. They didn't know how to build a grow, so they hired somebody who sold them everything they could, and you know, so they bought like a three thousand dollar water softener system, and it was like, wow, you're in Desert Hot Springs. Our water is rated like number five in the whole country. Yeah, but it's still three. It's still two ninety eight ppm right out of the top here. You know, yeah, it's a, and it's. A lot of that is calcium, um, a little bit of magnesium. It's Some of the same. Um, yeah, it's basically yeah, calcium, yeah, I've had it tested. There's, there's no magnesium in it, almost none. There's no magnesium in it? Okay. I mean, I did a test on the desert water probably 10 years ago, and it had faint amounts of magnesium in it. Yeah, there's um, little bits. But, you know, so this is the logic behind most of these commercial grows. Like, whenever they have investors that, you know, they don't really know how to run a grow. They're just consult. They're hiring a consultant to come do it for them. Like these people will buy the most expensive RO systems that they can buy and then filter out all of your calcium just to turn around and buy a cow mag and put it right back in. You know? Yeah, I've always had that same argument. It doesn't make sense to pull out and then exactly what you pull out, pay to put back in. Right. So, you know, those guys, like I said, they didn't really need the water softener. Everybody else in the desert is having great results and they're not using water softeners. I mean, the Coachella no. Valley is quickly becoming the, the Humboldt of the 21st century. The only time yeah. that I have been at a facility with a water softener was when the facility was on its own well. Yeah, there's that. I mean, all of these commercial facilities, they're all on city water. Um, are you both on the West Coast? They're yeah, we're in the same area, yeah. Okay. Actually, Smashed, uh, you were asking, because we don't have all that much show left, uh, you were asking, and honestly, you've been probably the most, uh, 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 what, synthetic curious or something person on the show for the longest time. Uh, you've been intrigued, basically, by synthetic growing, and you're now basically talking about, well, I mean, go ahead and ask the question about the, the, the plant mom that you were talking about. Go for it. Oh yeah, I'm thinking of switching my mother's to like a synthetic or 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 uh, what's and it? By the way, why why are you hoping to do that? What advantage? I mean, I guess that would be a question for him. But do you think there's an advantage before you ask him to that? Why would you? Why are we thinking yeah. of doing that? So I'm, I I would like to keep my mother's in a smaller pot. Like right now, I have apple fritter in a three gallon, and she's been in there for about five months, and there's there's probably nothing left in it. She's hungry. She's yellow. Like, and it, and it always happens when I try to hold a mother in one of these small pots in my organic system. So yeah, I was sure. you know, up potting to a five gallon fabric, and then I was going to use something like I was thinking jacks or, or something of the sorts just to keep like keep them fed when they get start getting hungry. Yeah. Um you know, again, that's a, to ease their own, you know, I don't feel, what, is there anything you're trying to achieve? What is the goal you're trying to achieve? I was to, are you trying to make this feeding simpler and easier? Are you like, what, why the I switch? Like, I feel like it would just help with the plant. Like it would keep the um, plants healthier. Cause like when in my organic system, after five months of, 
Why not just up pot in the organic system, Smashed? Because it's like I'm trying to keep it really small. That's the thing. Like, I don't want a big, I don't need big mothers. Like, I just need some little plant in the corner, you know? Right. Yeah. And to, yeah, to be able to throw a couple of grams of powder into your jug, shake it up and pour it in there. And to do that consistently um, and give it, yeah, man, I feel like, uh, I feel like you're definitely going to experience some ease of use. Um, I would like to shoot you one of our little sample kits, bro. Like we have a kit that makes um, 50 gallons. It'll do 25 gallons of grow, 25 gallons of flour. Um, I'd like to shoot it to you, man. Just, you know, because I know right off the back that our formula is easier than Jack's. Um, our feeding charts easier. Um, and if you're going to make the switch from organic to a salt base, like I literally want to see you use the easiest salt base recipe out there. Um, I'd hate for you to use something. And not that Jax is a bad product. I think Jax is a great product. But apples to apples, like our feeding chart is easier. You know, that yeah. simply put. So I feel like if you switch to a salt base and you used a feeding, you know, something that was a little more complicated, like it might leave a bad taste in your mouth and you switch back to organics without having really even given salt like a, a true try, just simply because like the first lineup, again, there's so many salt based companies out there and they're all a little bit different. Um, I don't want to see you use one and then switch back because it was too complicated or wasn't what you expected. Um, if you're going to switch, I'd like to see you try ours. Um, and then same thing. If you don't try mine, try two or three other ones before going back to organics. You know, and I guess the takeaway here is don't try just one and then switch back and say, oh, well, that didn't work for me. You know, like try a couple of them, get a few different estimates, you know, and, and see if you can find a program that's going to deliver everything that you want out of a nutrient lineup with ease of use and um, you know, before giving up on it. You know, I feel like there is a program out there that's going to be extremely easy and simple that will give your plants a balanced diet, everything it needs and a simple, like add this, add this, shake it up, pour it in like easier than making. If I had the room to keep up potting, I would be fine. But like, especially trying to keep like apple fritter around. I've had it for two years and it's kind of like, I don't, I don't need a I don't want to put it in a 20 gallon pot, you know? Right. Well, that's the cool thing, bro. Like, cause you, it, with a, you know, more of a hydro setup, you can keep it in a really, really small pot and basically allow it to get root bound, but just feed it more consistently. You know, I mean, I have plants that I would feed sometimes two, three times a day because if I didn't, they would dry out, you know? So, there's some margin for error there. If you miss a feeding, your plant can dry out really quick. But if you feed it more often than not, you know, feed it two, three times a day, especially if you're working from home or growing at home things and you're available, then you can keep it in a small pot for a really, really long time. As long as you keep that root zone, you know, moist, um, a smaller pot's obviously going to suck the moisture out a whole lot quicker. Um, but it's not gonna. It's not gonna essentially eat up all of the nutrients that are in the soil. You know, you can make the same make the same um, reservoir every single day, and top it off every single day, and, and never have a deficiency or a, um, de a deficiency or an excess. You know, keeping it in a smaller pot, just water it more often. But yeah, that, that can be achieved pretty easily um, with the simple salt-based lineup, man. Um, I think you should try it out. I'm rooting for you. You know, and I'm not even going to sit here and say that, I, you know, oh, once you try it, you'll never go back. You know, you may you may decide to go back to organics, and, and that's fine. Um, but I think if you find the right salt-based lineup that's simple and easy to use, it's 
it's hard to go back whenever what you're doing now is easier, you know? Um, you know, and, and you might find a situation where you say, damn, like that was really, really easy and convenient, but the organics made it 2% better, you know? And that's when you have to decide like, what are your goals? Do you want that extra 2% or do you want the simplicity and ease of use? Yeah, I've always like thought, like I've tried to like, I've done, I've tried hydroponics. I, I did cocoa at one point and I didn't like it. I've always done in the soil outside, you know, like it's just how I've always, um, I, I like organics, but like it, Charlie keeps, I've seen uh, our friend Charlie's farm keep mothers in like a one gallon for fucking two years. Yeah. And, then they, and they get fucking top heavy, man, you know, cause the plant is so much bigger than the pot underneath it. It's, uh, but yeah, you got to water them pretty frequently. You know, I like doing that method, but the downside to it is you can't miss any waterings. You yeah. Know, on the pot, I, mean, I, I would argue too, that that's just playing with fucking fire. Like I've kept stuff for too long and then basically lost it sometimes as a result of that. So honestly, for smashed, I would say, don't do that. If that's your motivation, cut clones and basically cycle them more frequently rather than. Uh, keeping the same mom in a pot because you're just fucking asking for trouble because the, well, that's the, the older and the more well but again you know basically the i mean nobody's coming over there as far as i know so, uh, all right I, i'm not going to for legal reasons i'm not going to say anything about plant numbers but realistically i don't think you're going to in that much trouble if you cut a clone and wait until that one grows bigger and kill the other one oh, no, i don't think I, anyone's going to freaking take you to jail uh it's long story short, go ahead go ahead Sephora. It's more of like I did on a flower apple fritter this last couple of times, and it's kind of just sitting in a corner. I would add to your to your uh, for your mothers, you should stick them in air pots because they root they air prune really really well. Spiral, and then you can feed whatever you want, right? But if you're gonna do organic, that's way too small. You you need you need twenty plus gallons to have sustainable living soil. You can't do it in a one. I mean. You can, but you're going to run out of biological matter really fast. After a year, that's for sure, yeah. 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 Even so, with an air pot, there's just going to be too much air root. Like, you end up but if you do the, having root everywhere. But if you did, if you did a five-gallon air pot and you used a kosher, you'll be fine. You, know, they, you, won't, have, you won't be root-bound. Yeah. And it's so easy, a, a kid could do it. <laughs> But not for weed. That'd be for tomatoes. Uh, Kosher, it's been a great show, actually. A lot of people, I think, have enjoyed the the discussion. Uh, we've got, I don't know, five or six or seven minutes left. I mean, we, we obviously can go longer. We don't have to fucking cut it at the bell or something. But, uh, but have we missed anything that you'd like to talk about? I think you've talked about how you uh, really focus on simplicity. You want people to have an extremely consistent result. Uh, you don't really want people to have to second-guess their nutrients in any way, it looks like. And I don't think you want them to overpay either so pretty good features honestly i would say overall for a, a nutrient regimen i mean I, I feel like when people set up for a nutrient regimen it's not because they had some kind of pie in the sky things it's like they're very realistic they want to grow a lot of whatever they're growing they want to grow it well enough that it sells and they want to actually be able to sell it and like you're actually kind of saying like you're going to help them uh do that is that kind of i don't know how do i say yeah that? i mean in a nutshell that uh you know that pretty much sums it up uh, I want to point out, I believe, to my knowledge, 
that we are one of the only companies out there they're bl we're blending it fresh you know we make all of our products fresh to order um so you know in addition to being simple effective um and inexpensive we are literally blending our products like fresh like we, we'd like to see ourselves kind of like the microbrewery if you will of the cannabis fertilizer industry you know, we're not mass producing the stuff and letting it sit in hot warehouses and waiting for you to order it. Like we're making it fresh when you order it, blending it fresh just for you. Um, so our whole like blended fresh thing, I feel like is a key aspect that, you know, we want to, we want to let people know that's one of the, the, the defining things about our company is that um, we're the only people making fresh nutrients. But other than that, yeah, man, we believe in simplicity. We believe in, um, you know, making the process more enjoyable, making it more fun. You know, I feel like if cannabis, if growing cannabis or tomatoes or anything for that matter, it, if it's a simpler, more enjoyable process, then more people would be likely, you know, more people will want to participate. Um, I don't want people to feel like they have to go to a dispensary to get their meds because they, because they think growing it themselves is somehow too complicated or too stressful you know so that's kind of our target market we wanted to, to simplify this process and make it easier and more fun so that people can be more passionate about it um that's fair. everybody that's using our products we do offer uh free consulting you know i try to be extremely available for people on instagram um facebook my personal email um you know we want to be known as the people that if you have some kind of problem with our nutrient line, just reach out and talk to me, you know, because I'm very easy to, I'm very easy to approach. I'm very easy to get a hold of, and I do respond to pretty much all of my messages. So, um, if anybody has any issues or questions about our product, just reach out to us. And I, I want to have a relationship with everybody using our products. Um, and I feel like that's, you know, something different. Like we're a smaller company, much smaller, so our, our attention to detail is much higher. Uh, we can literally respond to every email that comes in and give you a one-on-one -on -one, you know sit down chat about your particular situation and that's something the bigger companies can't do um you know their, their orders are just there's just too many for somebody to sit down and assess each and every one of them individually so that is another key point about us we're making it fresh and like we offer our services do you have a YouTube yeah i do it's kosher nutrients um it's, you know, we're just now kind of getting into the YouTube. My Instagram is by far my biggest platform. I've been working on it the longest, um, but we also have Facebook. Uh, we just started a, what's the other one? TikTok. Um, See, TikTok's but, hard. I've, I've had to go through a bunch. Um, you, I've, been, I've been preaching to fuming. YouTube shorts of like just you mixing the nutrients for seven seconds, yeah. you know, stupid little stuff like that if you need. If you could take a picture and then zoom in on it, people would right. love that random stuff. Okay. Yeah, dude. I've been trying to keep up with a lot of the, like what's trending now as far as like, you know, how to get your reels out there and more pop, more views, things like that. And dude, like when I say I'm a small company, like it's me, like I own it. I'm a chemist behind it. The sales guy, the delivery guy, I'm the marketing guy, you know, I'm making my own YouTube videos. So it's a lot of hats to wear. And like, so I, I don't have a lot of time to like, figure out how to make these awesome videos. Mm -hmm. 
that's um that's a common you know, problem yeah, for a lot of us that's a very very serious <laughs> issue actually to be honest for people like flora and me you know like we'll be really good at one thing but not very good at another you know or maybe we'll be great at five things but fuck off we need to be great at 10 you know it's like it's, it's pretty hard you know so yeah yeah but yeah there is a youtube there's not a lot of content on there i'm trying to get more you know uh active on youtube but uh, yeah, um, if you just Google kosher nutrients, man, we're like the top four or five slots on Google right now. Um, nice. If anybody's interested in trying our products, just reach out to me, send me an email, um, and I can, you know, I can send you a sample. Um, and all we want is a fair, you know, a fair run. You know, uh, give us an honest opinion. And if we're not the company for you, I respect that 100. Um, percent I want you to find what's best for you. I just want to get an opportunity to work with you so just uh subscribe to your youtube nice yeah man i hope we can get you back one of these days maybe on the bigger channel we'll do a debate uh maybe on a tuesday literally between uh organics synthetics and organics whatever we'll basically figure out uh, uh pros and cons of each or or maybe uh, even just uh, uh doesn't even necessarily have to be a debate could be just a little compendium where we just share the best ideas because i've learned uh, uh ir irrigation methods and stuff from synthetic growers there's no reason why you can't share tips and tricks you know what i mean you uh, were absolutely for uh, I was going to say also his stuff, he can blend it in custom sizes and ratios for people as well. And custom labels. We also do custom labeling. Somebody wanted to, you know, essentially have their own line. You know, like, I'm happy to put and, your uh, logo on the bag for you. And then also Ryan uh, from Aptis, you know, he was actually, I, I had mentioned kosher to him. And he was kind of interested in having that uh, back and forth. Mm -hmm. So that might be that might be something great for the big channel. Right on. I'm totally interested, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to sit down and chat with you guys. Um, again, I love this community. I love you know putting our views and opinions out there and getting some feedback from other people. You know, I love to bounce around ideas and, and communicate with this with this community in general. So anytime you have an opportunity for me to come back and chat, I would love that. Yeah, man. Sure, dude. Welcome to the time. Go ahead, Smash. Yeah, I was going to say, you do like an open platform. Mm. We do what? Wednesday? No, sorry. Tuesdays at 10. And if we don't have a guest, we're kind of just chilling and talking. Mm. Seven in our time. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, we, we normally talk about uh, uh, just basically grow and grow. And sometimes we talk about the munchies yeah. or whatever. Bud Kilowatt, who's in the chat, he's a, uh, uh, well, actually, Bud's an interesting guy too because he grows synthetically, organically, a bunch of different. Yeah, I think I think Buddy would be a, an awesome candidate for kosher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it fit right into his, mm -hmm. right into his element, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. Well, Bud Kilowatt, if yeah, you're listening, uh, I guess uh, DM kosher. Yeah, give me a shout. Uh, you can reach me at sales at koshergrow.com or hit up my Instagram. Um, just go to my website and there'll be a contact us on there. Bunch of different, bunch of ways to get a hold of me. I'm actually probably the only nutrient company with my personal phone number on the website <laughs> right there. So, I mean, when I say like I'm here for you, you that's what I mean. Like, I'm here for you. Like, call me if you have a problem and I will help you get through it. So I'm, I'm happy to have a conversation with anybody that has questions about our products or currently mm -hmm. using. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, c currently, um, 
I don't have my own personal grill at this moment, but I grew for 15 years before I made this nutrient company. The past year, I kind of stepped away, shut down my personal grill, but I'm consulting for like four or five different commercial grows. Um, you know, pretty much all of the commercial grows on my Instagram account um, are they're they're all using kosher nutrients, and I, I play a part in helping them with their grows. I got really busy like visiting customers and promoting kosher and like helping them with their projects that I just decided to shut my room down, you know. Mm. It's uh, like my my goal here is to to help other people with their nutrient needs, not to compete with them by growing by growing. You know, everybody grows right now. And I feel like I like the growers. You know, these are my my colleagues, my friends, my peers, people that I've done business with for 10 years. I don't want to compete with the growers. Those are my friends, you know. I don't mind competing with the other nutrient companies, though. I'm not too fond of them, you know, and I feel like I can do it better. So, someone wants to know if you'll ship to Canada before we get out of here. Um, oh, it's debatable. Um, there's, I'm happy to ship to Canada if they can maybe meet me in the middle with the shipping fees. Um, a sample cost me about thirty bucks to ship. Actually, yeah, I would ship a sample to Canada. Um, I've done it. A, I've done it a few times. I just don't want to. Um, Oh, yeah. what's sold out? What's sold out? Go back up. Go back. Oh, just the tis but a scratch. It's a freebie. She's she's available. Yeah, so she's just. I have no other way to say like with order only. It's the only way I can do this. Uh, sold out. Typically, with overseas orders or international wow. orders, we ask we pay this we ask them to pay the shipping costs. That figment uh, that he has there, he showed that looks so much like stuff that I grow. It's like it's mm -hmm. wild. Like even even. Uh, you know, be a thousand miles away using different nutrients and mm. different genetics, but similar family. It's like, it's crazy mm. how we can get it's like the same colors. Yep. Weed is funny that way. Yep. But so it's weird too. Like I'll send like, I'll send stuff to other, I'll give stuff to other people and like the expression will be completely different. Mm -hmm. so you must have a, a parameters that are similar in your room. What is this film? Uh, 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 grape pie to the coot special. Uh, the grape oh, pie is that, uh, that grape that stomper and uh, cherry pie. Cherry pie awesome. to grape stomper. Real nice high on that grape pie. Real dense, uh, uh, giggly, goofy, just silly high. Love it. That, nice. That's that's awesome, actually. You you that's about as far apart as you fucking can get. Mm -hmm. when you cross the yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It's gonna be a good cross. I keep hearing good things with Lima Rose and V two. Indeed, yeah. Uh, which reminds me, I got to post some pictures. Uh, Crymore Grows has been posting some pictures of Lime What's River Rose too. Uh, sorry, a guy win, guy won. What was that one? It was uh, right below. It looked like a nice ass. Gawain, uh, uh, Sugar Tits number three by uh, Ruby Jack, and there's also a Gawain version too, but I haven't put it on the website. Uh, Sugar yeah, Tits like number three versus uh, uh, Ruby Jack F two, and then the version two is with the Black Prince Ruby. Yeah, that's beautiful. I like that structure. Thank you. That's. Snugs all over the place. Uh, stacks on stacks on stacks. She's really greasy too. The mom's super super sticky greasy. That kind of sticky greasiness. That's, yeah, that's the one with ghost in it, right? That is. Yep. Okay, basically, I say it's a, a sugary, yeah, like a sugary candy OG high, and it's basically because of that ghost. Yeah, yeah that that's why it has awesome. that structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that it, you know. There's very few plants that I feel like probably were justified for those ten thousand dollar price tags, but maybe that ghost was one of them because fuck, it passes <laughs> on some nice shit. Honestly, really lovely shit. The sweet, it's a, it's actually a sweet OG. Oh. You know, it's like like sweet is in flavor, mm -hmm. and uh, 
delightful to smoke, you know. That'd be a good one to get. What's he doing there? Set. Oh, yeah. He's showing off pretty flowers, what he's doing. Well, holy cannoli, I guess this was a fun show. Uh, Ballin is talking to B. Allen, not Ballin. Ballin. <laughs> can't wait to grow that Pacifica days. Now I can't stop saying Ballin. Uh, cheers, B. Allen. Good to see you. Uh, ladies and germs, it's been a fun show. Thank you very much. Kosher Nutrients. I guess uh, we'll say our good evenings and goodbyes. And uh, Oh, I guess D took off. I don't know. Are we bagging the Wednesday show tonight? What do you guys think? We're taking the night off? or I don't know, How do you guys feel? Uh, I'm not doing anything. I can show up if you want. Well, we could do a short show. Uh, I don't know if I'm in for it for the whole long haul, but maybe we yeah, can yeah, do a like short an hour. Yeah, yeah, we can't do that kind of thing like last night, but I can go, uh, you know. A couple hours? Go a while. All right, let's do it. We'll meet again later this evening. By the way, uh, Kosher, you're welcome even on the bigger channel. We can totally send you a link if you're interested. We hang out in the evening sometimes on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and goof off and talk about growing stuff. In the meantime, though, ladies and gentlemen, Kosher, by the way, uh, go ahead and say your piece. Uh, uh, how can people find you? I guess it was Kosher Nutrients. Actually, Smash was just showing us. Uh, what were the pages? Kosher Nutrients. Uh, koshergrows.com. There we go. Yeah, koshergrow.com. Kosher but you can also just Google Kosher Nutrients, and it'll pop right up. There we go. Right um, but they can, uh, yeah, koshergrow.com. They can send me an email at sales at koshergrow.com. Or uh, you can reach out to me through my Instagram or my Facebook. Both are kosher nutrients. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here and chat with you guys. Well, thank you very um, much for coming on. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure. And I look forward to doing it again. Cheers. You know, send, me, send, me the link, send me the link tonight. And um, if I can hop on for a few minutes, I'll definitely like to get on here and say hey. Right thank on. you, guys. Later. I'll send you that. All right, sure. Sure. Take it easy. Cheers, man. Thank yeah, you all. Man. Speak the yeah. devil. Go for it, Flora. I, yeah, I'm uh, see you guys tonight. Um, see you as far as where I can be found. Price South Bay Genetics IG on IG on Instagram. Okay. Probably the best spot. Um, or the Pardon Dink Show or whatever. It's Google Floor Nuts. All kinds <laughs> nice. of stuff comes up. That's what do. Oh, you're also uh, on see Seed Bank International, a few other places too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, well, not me, but my uh, where, where art is. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Seed Bank International, Doggo.Garden, Neptune, uh, uh, United Seed Bank, Prometheus, Lucius, a bunch awesome. of places. Right on, man. Well done. <laughs> but yeah, I'll see you guys tonight. Cheers, Laura. Uh, what are we doing? Seven or eight? What do you guys figure? Same time or a little bit later? Up to you. No, nah, you can do same time, right? right? Same time, then. Ten? We'll do it right around seven. Sounds good. All right, so yeah, it's ten, ten for you. you guys other time zones yeah seven right. seven That's the annoying thing yeah right all on. right see you guys later. cheers Flora. peace go for it smashed um cheers everyone thanks for hanging out see you guys later for smash 20 i'm doing a giveaway when i hit 420 subscribers on youtube um i'm at nice. i'm right almost 400 and it's growing pretty quick so we're not following follow then watch the story and not the stories the shorts and I'll be doing a giveaway on there when I get 420. But yeah, other than that, have a good night. See you guys later. Yeah, man. Later. Uh, Christophe, uh, nous quittons, mon ami. Look at him calmly smoking a joint with a Portland shirt. A bientôt, mon ami. Oh, uh, pas de son? Oh, he's saying cheers. We'll do a miming research. No? All right. Cheers, my friend. Mm, 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 mm.
We'll do mimes. Later, my friend. Cheers. Uh, uh, Christoph can't hear us, and we can't hear him. That's uh, the way the cookie crumbles, my friends. Don't make fun of him. He can't hear you. Later, my friends. Uh, thanks very much for hanging. Uh, was I going to say something? Oh, I was going to say something. I guess I can show my Instagram. Where am I logged into my Instagram? That would be very helpful if I could fuck it, Instagram. You have to be logged in to show it. Oh, fuck off. This is not. No, don't show that. Okay, this is freaking Mary May carving. All right. Ridiculous. I hate when I open up a YouTube window. All right. Don't listen to me talk to myself, ladies and gentlemen. The most important thing is that I'm trying to show you my Instagram so that I can show you this because it's the only place I have it right now. <laughs> I sh didn't plan this very well. Uh, ladies and germs, uh, join us this coming Tuesday. So uh, we, will be, we will be here tonight for a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be here for you know, a couple hours or something. Goofing off and chatting. Pardon me. And then uh, on Saturday, excuse me. Join D for the zombie takeover, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a fun time. And then this coming Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, at a very unusual time, I realize, basically very late in the show, if you're used to watching the show for the whole duration of the show, just keep watching it, I guess. But if you are not used to the show or if you're new or whatever else, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be starting the show at 10.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When I told Smash yesterday, he was like, oh, that's no big deal. No, 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 not 10.30 Eastern Time, 10.30 Pacific Time. Oh, yeah, 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 it's a little bit worse on the East Coast. However, long story short, ladies and gentlemen, that's the only way to talk to Jorge Cervantes himself over in Barcelona. Uh, beautiful city over there. I can't even believe how jealous or envious, I guess is the word, uh, I am of the cuisine and architecture and everything else he has access to and the art. Oh my goodness, what a lovely, lovely city. Uh, it's right on the Mediterranean. What a fucking place. Anyway, Jorge Cervantes lives over there. Beautiful weed culture, I am told. Ladies and germs, we're going to be talking to the one and only Jorge Cervantes. I certainly learned a lot from him. I have his, I can literally see it right over there. I have his uh, cannabis encyclopedia, I think, is the one I have. Uh, a lot of people gr uh, grew with his Grow Bible, a bunch of other books. I think he's been published 50 different books in like fucking eight different languages, I think he said. Well, he didn't say it personally. He's not one of those guys. Hi, do you know that I'm... No, 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 not one of those guys. But uh, I think on his book, basically, it says like, oh, Jorge Cervantes has been published, da, 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 da. Pretty impressive, honestly. I don't know if uh, most of us, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think if all of us in the entire chat have published uh, uh, in eight different languages, I think we would be lucky to uh, match his success probably. Anyway, we're going to be talking to him about weed and culture and life and all kinds of stuff. He knows a lot of different stories. We'll see uh, uh, how long uh, he has to give us to, to share them because I'm sure he has a lifetime of stories uh, to tell us. Northstar was just uh, posting on, in fact, he just says it in the Instagram here. He was like, uh, oh, he was at my, there we go. He's such a nice guy. It was a blast having him at the house a few years ago. Lots of good stories, a real genuine, genuine personality. Absolutely 100% true. Uh, I had a chance to video chat with him. He was kind of vetting me, you know, and uh, inadvertently I got to vet him, right? And he was a super cool guy, honestly, super nice guy and had a lot of stories, even just in the probably not even half hour, 40 minutes we talked, had a lot of fun stories to, to share. Anyway, so ladies and gentlemen, I think it's going to be a really fun interview on the main channel, Fumidor and the Flavors. So if you guys are new to this channel, you, have, you haven't seen uh, the main channel, welcome. Uh, first off, uh, please like, share, and subscribe. Don't forget to, don't forget, I don't, I don't know why I keep saying don't forget, don't forget to uh, hit the uh, uh, like button. I think I already said that before. Uh, and really do actually share it with your friends, ladies and gentlemen. It really helps uh, uh, these weed channels it's very challenging for them to grow i don't have corporate sponsors and stuff the court corporate sponsors oftentimes do help uh, some of these channels grow in some ways i don't really like that idea i don't really want to take sponsors and kind of be beholden to what they want me to say and everything else so 
tell your friends, tell your family, tell your uh, fellow weed smokers and weed tokers and freaking weed growers and so on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, we would love to share the word, I guess, with a, a lot of fun folks. And they're, of course, welcome to uh, join us as well. Like I said, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, my friends. And of course, like, share, and subscribe over at the other channel. Fumador and the Flavors is the other channel, ladies and gentlemen. That's where we're going to be uh, doing Jorge Cervantes on Tuesday, ladies and germs. Use the coupon code BRAINS, my friends. 14% off every day, all day. All day, every day would be the other way to say that. Uh, over at Fumadoro.com. I wholeheartedly recommend you go take a look at that surf grape. Uh, like Florinug said, it's a complete polar opposites, basically, in terms of uh, everything. Flavor, morphology, on and on and on. The mom is that cherry pie, grape stomper, grape pie, basically. So cherry pie across the grape stomper. Grape stompers, of course, from Gage Green. Uh, and that became the legendary grape pie. It's now already legendary. Grape pie, I think, is, if I remember right, is basically, or is it the grape stomper or the grape pie? One of those two is the progenitor to that grape gas that everyone's talking about over at, at Compound. So, of course, that was crossed to that uh, aggressively lemon uh, uh, cleaner uh, sativa of that Highland Thai Kerala cross, that Coot Special. It's going to be a real interesting cross. I think you're going to enjoy that one. Of course, Pacifica Days is going to be also a spectacular cross as well. A little bit more sativa-ish, if we are allowed to use that word. Ladies and germs, I'll leave it there. Uh, thanks very much for hanging. We'll be here tonight over at Fumador and the Flavors, ladies and germs. So almost the same bat channel. Different bat time, I realize now. That was a, I probably shouldn't use that, that uh, story. But anyway, we'll be here tonight anyway. The Later Gators and uh, Julian Gators. Put some mayonnaise on it and uh, whip it, my friends. Oh, wait. Be kind. Be decent. Be gentle. Don't forget to pop something wonderful, my friends. Uh, forget something. Siento que todo he Cada día le doy las gracias a esta